Welcome to What Is It All For, a podcast designed to help you grow your online business and pursue a spacious, satisfying life at the same time. We're your hosts, Jason and Caroline Zook, and we run Wandering Aimfully, an unboring business coaching program. Every week, we bring you advice and conversations to return you to your most intentional self and to help you examine every aspect of your life and business by asking, what is it all for? Thanks for listening, and now let's get into the show. And I'm here too. (laughs) (gasps) I missed our friends. Wow, we are back in the podcasting saddle and our legs are getting chafed (laughs) because we haven't been here for a while, you know? When you haven't been in a saddle for a while, your legs get chafed. You're saying that to me, but like I was with you. Oh, it's the chafing chafing. Uh, I'll keep that joke going throughout the entire episode. No, I just realized when my iPad's in low power mode, the screen goes dark. It does. No, that's bad. So you're not going to do low power mode. No, we're just so gonna... you probably should have charged your device before we started recording for we're an just hour. Gonna... This feels. I don't know. I'm feeling like I'm a lot more risk tolerant these days. And so, so you're just like I'm just going to risk it. Okay. Well, when your power runs out and you have to ask me to lead the charge, and then you're upset with the way that I do it. <laughs> You got no one to blame but yourself. Lead the charge on your saddle with your chafed legs. Friends, we traveled all of last year, but we, we sure are no longer traveling. Mm-mm. If you haven't heard, if you didn't catch if our... If you came to this podcast for all the cool travel stories, they're yeah. gone. Uh, if you had no idea what's going on, very quick update. 2021, we lived in Southern California, Carlsbad to be exact. 2022, we traveled to 11 countries in Europe, and we decided to move to Portugal. I it was 10. What's 2023, the we now live... In Portugal, yeah. and we are becoming Portuguese citizens of the world. Not really. We're just expats who live here, but we're trying to do our best to, you know, blend into the culture in some ways. Yeah, I don't think we're in any danger of blending in for sure. Well, I'm but too we tall. We are trying to. You're very the Portuguese tall. are not a tall. Unlike the Dutch, who are tall, they're the tallest. Yeah, you fit in great in the Netherlands. It's like, that's, you know, I'm just like walking around like, whoa, (laughs) everybody, like I can see your eyeballs, you know? You're Norwegian, is that correct? Yeah, thank you, yes. Thanks for coming out. I just (laughs) appreciate it. (laughs) I just wondered to myself, like, maybe he's Dutch. Yeah, no, I'm not. Um, So now we live in Portugal, in in the Silver Coast of Portugal, which is north of Lisbon. North of Lisbon, it's sort of the Middle West Coast. And we have some exciting news, so we're going to do a little Life in Portugal part of the podcast to start, which was normally like our pram bowl, if you've been listening for a while, or last year it was our pram vel. Yeah. Can we just back up our Yeah. What's up? I feel like you're really coming Lean in the, so hot. Yeah. That's and what like, I do. And everyone's like, oh, um, ouch. Oh, yeah. Ah, yeah. It's chafing. My legs now are chafing. Now you're getting chafed. See? I'm getting chafed. Told no, no, no. I, I just think in order to avoid the chafing, okay. we just need to ease into the saddle <laughs> and you're coming in so hot, you're going to chafe your legs. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let this is a real metaphor for our relationship. Let me apply some inner thigh lubricant <laughs> first, okay? No one said that it was thigh chafing. Oh, I just said it was <laughs> chafing, and you you immediately <laughs> thought it was your inner thighs that were going to chafe. What do you think is going to chafe in a saddle, babe? Uh, uh, lots your of what, armpit? Sure. <laughs> belly button could get chafed. I don't know. Whose belly button gets chafed? Okay, so I just think you're coming in too hot is, okay. what I'm, is all I'm trying to say. All right. I'm bringing that new year, new me energy. Yeah, less. Okay. okay. Do less. All right. What's so up, everybody? all How's I wanted on? to s- no, okay. I just wanted to say, let's back up for a second. Okay. okay. So for, yes, it's a new year. We are now living in Portugal. Yeah. We will not be doing a, so for those of you who are new, we usually have a segment at the beginning where we just do this and it's just like a lot of like, there's nothing, there's no value really here. Yeah. <laughs> like just pure entertainment, yeah. gobbledygook. Um, that started out as what we would affectionately refer to as our pramble. You know, I already said these things. Really just not 
Well. <laughs> well okay. okay, so I'm doing Great. it my way now, okay? Everybody who's hitting that plus 30 seconds, um, I understand. Go for it. <laughs> okay. So it was a preamble, also a ramble. Yeah. You, there you have the preamble, okay? Yeah. I just like to just re-catch everyone up, okay? Yeah, sure, For sure, those sure. of you, it's like in Netflix when it's like last season on. Yeah. It's like, let's just catch everybody yep. up, okay? That's the preamble. Then it got changed into the Pramvel when we would travel. We're not doing that anymore. So the Pramble is back. This is where we will do about 10 minutes of what it's like living in Portugal. So if you're interested in that life and sort of like what's going on in our world, that's where we'll have that. And then for the remainder of the podcast, because people might be wondering, like, is the podcast changing this year? Mm. For the remainder of the podcast, what we have decided as of now is that we are really going to record these episodes. We're going to go back to kind of the beginning and record them very much in real time and kind of share with you whatever the business lesson is that we've learned kind of the week before, what's the theme, and just give you like behind-the-scenes updates on what it's like running Wandering Aimfully and Tea Tree, our two businesses. And our hope is that you glean some value in terms of how to grow your business while also trying to balance living a good, satisfying, beautiful life. Yeah. Okay? I just wanted to catch everybody up, and I feel did like we you shut were... a bunch of stuff down. Cliffhanger. That's the end of the recap. Did we so, do what? Did we shut shut a bunch of stuff down? Throw oh, a cliffhanger. Shut. I thought you because, said shoot, and I was like, why are we Because we're at the end shooting? of the the recap yeah. where you, they, they leave the a cliffhanger, cliffhanger and then we like get into the episode. I love that. Yeah. Okay. Great. Okay. Yeah. I love. So that. there it is. Okay. So wow. did we? Did we shut a bunch of stuff down? I'm so no. We talk about that later. Oh right. It doesn't start with the episode with that. Now we go back in time <laughs> and we like bring everybody through. Yeah. <laughs> so now that everybody's skipped around, can we talk about our life in Portugal? Update? I would love to. Okay. Fantastic. Okay. So uh, we've been here for two and a half weeks, but the big news for those of you who've we've been here. For two and a half weeks after the holiday. So we were here for six weeks. We already talked about this. And not on this episode we didn't. I know. Come on, man. Just get in the saddle. Tighten up. Clench your legs really or hunker down here. Loosen the reins. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) We've been here for two and a half weeks. The big news, though, what I wanted to share is that our D7 visas got approved. So we are in the next step of that process of becoming... Portuguese residents, which is a basically a five-year journey to having citizenship here. Yes. So the next step in the process is our passports. We're not even going to tell you all that, all that. silliness that you went on. But we sent our passports into the embassy when we were in the U.S. for the Christmas holidays. They stamped them. They sent them back to us. And now we have an appointment in June that we will meet with the Portuguese uh, immigration office it's called Ceph and we will have an uh, like a little interview with them basically it really is just to go over it's our like paperwork a confirmation of like oh you're here and, and then like, we get a great. a quote you are who you say you were a quote unquote permanent resident card that only lasts for 2 years and then we can renew that in two years for another three years, blah, blah, blah. But that's a big step in our process that our Huge. visa's got approved. Because we're official. Yeah. So we're no longer on tourist time. Yep. We are, for you know, for all intents and purposes, like residents of Portugal right now. Yeah. And that feels so good. And for those of you who, like, were very much keeping track of the D7 visa process and were like, how long did it take? Because there are some people who I know were like, oh, I'm, I'm clued in. Like, what's going on? It took 39 days, I believe, was our total. That no it took? idea. Yeah, I think it was 39 days from the day that we mailed in our applications to the day that we got the email saying that we were approved. And what's fun about it is way back in September when we were planning out all of this, we were trying to do all the calendar things and it just, it, it's, it varies so widely. And so we were like, okay, our best case scenario is like this date. And the yeah. date that we said was two days before we actually got them officially approved. Yeah. So I can't believe that the real timeline was only two days off of our ideal timeline. That yeah. is, we're very lucky. Very fortunate. Yeah. 
So, as I mentioned, we went back to the U.S. and we did the holiday, Christmas holiday season with our families. So, both of our families live in Jacksonville, Florida. Yep. So, that's where we flew back to, the hot metropolis of Jacksonville, Florida. Yeah. Go Jags. And... (laughs) Actually, go Jags, because they're in the playoffs. I I should have said, instead of go Jags, I should have said Blake Bortles. Yeah. uh, Any good place fans will appreciate that. Yeah. Um, but we, you know, we did the thing. I, oh, one thing I do want to share just cause I know there are some people who clue into this and have been along for many years on my sort of anxiety journey. Yeah. And, um, this is the first Christmas in like, I'm talking years where I have not experienced intense anxiety around the holidays. Yeah. And we had a pretty jam packed schedule and too. And we had an extremely jam packed schedule. So that is just like full proof that. The, our year of travel really rewired my brain and in in, not by itself. Like it yeah. was also therapy and it was also like nutrition and it was all the things. But I really feel like this past year of travel has like officially rewired my brain. And I know that I'll still experience anxiety in the future. I'm not saying that I'm like magically healed. Yeah. But the fact it was such a clarifying thing for me, the fact that I did not experience anxiety and even last night, like we'll jump ahead. Like we hung out with new friends last night and I told Jason on our walk today, I was like, wow, in the past, I would have had so much anxiety meeting a new person, like going to someone's new house, like all these things did not even face me. I know. Um, While we were in the U.S., you actually stumbled on a fun statistic. Do you want to share your statistic about your average heart rate? Oh, here's here's a funny thing. If anyone's wondering, like, what the physical effect of being perhaps around family yeah. that can sometimes, and also just I think I don't know what the factors were, but anyway, yeah. my Apple Watch, my resting heart rate when we were back in in uh, Florida just for that week for the holidays was like almost ten. 10 Beef. units higher. So like 60 was the average. Yeah. Let's say my average resting heart rate is 60. It was yeah. like my average was 70 when we were back for the holidays. And you can like just, see the spike. It's hilarious. Yeah. And yeah. so I don't, that could be a combination of like sure, sugar it's a lot of things. and like But just in general, more, it's just, just fun general, to see like, so oh, our life in Portugal is like keeping the resting heart rate nice and low. Yeah, peaceful. And then like, you just, you just go back up. It I would know. be fun. What? I'm guessing the data goes back through when we were traveling It'd be interesting to look like back at like the months of travel and to see like which ones were like the highest of your yeah, average. Yeah, I did look at that. I just can't think of it off. It's a little. No, hard. no, you don't have to know it. I'm saying yeah. for us, this is for later. Yeah, this is like a, a little bit fun thing we're gonna do together. We're not gonna bring everybody else on oh, the okay. journey. Yeah. Okay, great. But anyway, I thought it was fun. Um, I got the flu that's been going around yeah. that so many people have endured, both in the U.S. and in other places. Uh, unfortunately, my sister's kids were sick, and we kind of like just assume that like someone in the family is going to get sick. I got sick. So, uh, I ended up getting the flu and was basically like for the day after Christmas and beyond was like on the couch, having Gatorade, eating saltines. Great. But I'm very grateful that somehow I didn't get it. I, and also that nobody else in our family that like we were exposed to got it. So that's really yeah. good. And, and actually like, I will say being back in the U S it was helpful because like Gatorade, saltines, yeah. Theraflu, like all those things that like you're used to. Although you would have found those versions. You, totally, but we it would have been like an extra step to like figure totally. it out. So yeah, it's just one of those things that like 
if I was going to get sick, I kind of got sick at like the perfect time. Oh my God. Once again, we got lucked out on the timing because by the time we had to go back, you were fine. But I was sick for like four days, which doesn't happen for me very often. So normally I'm sick for like 24 hours and my body figures it out. And you're going to forget it so quickly. And so the next time I'm sick, you're going to be like, why are you? Why is this taking so long? And you're going to be like, remember. Hurry up. Hurry up. Exactly. Um, Yeah. So that was uh, our time in the U.S. I think we were there for, I actually just did the math, 13 days. 13 days. We were were gone. We were originally, our plan was was we were going to be in Florida for, I think it was nine or 10 days. Then we were going to travel to Mexico for two weeks. Then we're going to travel back to DC. So we had like three weeks of additional travel. We canceled all of that and just came straight back to Portugal because the D7 visa happened earlier. Earlier than we thought. We're going to save you the like hours that it took to figure all of that out. But just know it was quite a whirlwind of like end of year travel planning, changing plans, and it moving was, things around. And it was honestly pretty risky because we were really banking on sending in our passports the second we got back onto like U.S. soil, not knowing that the day that we flew in, the next day was like the so-called bomb cyclone that totally oh, shut down. Oh, the winter storm. The winter when storm. When we got to the U.S., yeah. We didn't know anything about the storm that was coming. We land. We missed it by a day. We missed so it by lucky. a day. Boy, we were really lucky. And our passports year. did get held up for two extra days in Tennessee because of the grounding flights. Yeah. And yet we still, we buffered in some, some time. Just so, all that to say, like, we got very lucky with our travel yep. planning. Things worked out very well for us. Knock on wood, like 2022, we didn't have a single canceled flight. We had a couple little delayed flights, but like the Zips really got lucky with travel in 2022. So we are not going to travel in 2023 <laughs> yeah, we're gonna just, because we we're have gonna used quit, all of our We're going to take our chips yeah. off the table yeah. and we're going to go cash them in. Yeah. Um, um, hey, I have a question for you before we get to this actual life in Portugal thing, because yeah. really nothing that we've talked about is life in Portugal <laughs> and the life in Portugal section, but that's uh-huh. okay because we're getting people got up. Um, what was your favorite Christmas present that you received in our <gasps> stocking gifts oh, that we did for each gifts. other? Yeah. Um, so for those of you uh, who are in a relationship and you're like, find it difficult to give gifts to your other person, mm-hmm. we do this thing and we've done this for a couple of years. I give you all the credit for this idea. Great. We set a small budget and then we fill a stocking with like just little odds and ends. Things. Little odds and ends. Bits so and that, then we open them on Christmas morning and it's like our little fun thing that we and do together. Especially if you're someone who goes you're not in your home on Christmas morning, right. like you're going somewhere. It's a really nice thing to be able to do because you, yeah. you can pack it in a suitcase yeah. and you have a stocking and you just can open it. So what was your favorite favorite item that I got you um, in your you stocking? You got me these custom coasters oh. for, for my art, my fart studio. Nice. And which I don't even have a table yet to like put anything on. Yeah. But they're, I love the design of them. And yeah. it's my first little kind of trinket to build back up my art studio to have like fun and artsy little things and you yeah. just did a great they were on etsy i think yeah found them on etsy just searched like funky design coasters and it's also a thoughtful gift because not only are they artsy and they have a cool design to them but also i love to collect beverages down yeah, there you do and you, so i'm looking at a pile of two beverages right now first of all two is not a pile but two is a pile <laughs> in my world but so i thought that was really thoughtful okay yeah. now what was your favorite? also that was the the cheapest of the gifts well that's, i couldn't believe the price of those like that woman needs to charge more for to charge more. You they were, they were like her. literally six dollars. No, like, it that's was incredible. not okay. Yeah. Um, my favorite gift in my stocking was the cinnamon roll socks. Oh. Yeah, the cinnamon roll socks were the favorite for sure. Yeah, the year before I got you, I think Mario, Super Mario Super socks. Mario socks. Yeah. So now that's going to be a recurring. Unfortunately, the Super Mario socks didn't make the cut in the we sold everything. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle ones did because I'm a child and I had to pick between the two and I chose turtles over Super Mario. Yeah, that tracks for yeah. you. You, yeah. I have, you have more of an affinity for the turtles. I do love the turtles. You love the turtles. Now there is a Super Mario movie coming out so that might change. I might now have a movie with Super Mario 
Besides the original Super Mario Brothers movie, which is good, but not as good as like four to seven it's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles so movies. so bad that it's good. Hey, let's talk about Portugal because we live here and that was actually the point yes. of the section now that so we're the, 15 minutes into the podcast. <laughs> we're, we're rusty. We're chafing. Give yeah. us a break. Yeah. So the one thing I did want to say is I'm surprised at how quickly we hit the ground running. Like we were ready to do Portugal Life when we came back here yeah. because... I had set aside some goals for January to kind of like all the things you have to do to reestablish life in a place. Yeah. And we just like blew through them in the first week. So some things that we have accomplished, we've gotten the ball rolling on getting private health insurance. Yes. I'm not going to go too far into it, but they do have a public system here. Which is free. Portugal, which yep. is free, which we will have access to. We technically have access to it now, but like to officially get your number to be in the system, we need to wait for that stuff appointment that we yep. talked about. But you can supplement with some private insurance, which is roughly like what how, what percentage of the cost of American insurance? Oh, I can give you the exact amount. Okay, so, so just we were paying to over give you an idea. yeah over we were paying like fifteen hundred dollars a month in the U.S. for our medical insurance for yeah. the both of us, which I know some of you listening is that might be high. Some of you listening who have a family are like, wow, that's amazing to be able to pay that amount. We're going to pay fifteen hundred dollars per year okay, so for private insurance. Okay, so then that's a twelfth. Yeah, of it. It's wild. Which is wild, and um, it's it's. It's the same. It's basically the same coverage, essentially, that you get. Right, and so and so in the private system, you kind of that's where you do. It's less for emergencies. It's more for your routine yeah, care. it's, it's and picking your dentist. It's and that's the thing. Like it wraps everything into it. So right. now, so like in Portugal, you don't have to have separate dental insurance. You don't have to have separate eye insurance. It's all in the private insurance. So we got the ball rolling on that. We have yet to pick it out, but we are working with a kind of a company that helps us navigate that system, which is great. So got that. Then we went and got <laughs> a. We needed a Portuguese phone number just to have for certain things like checking out online and buying things and like signing up for our grocery store loyalty program things like that First you need of all, you what you're not telling this in the fun way that you I told. am just let, I'm on. telling it in a different way can I tell it in the way that's fun you can tell it in your way but I, to be clear yeah. you did interrupt me before I got to the fun part I know but you should have just started with the fun part guys we want to sell some drugs in Portugal <laughs> and we need a burner phone to do it so we got a burner phone in Portugal I'm so sorry I stole your thunder I just thought it would be funny you, to make a joke I'm accepting your apology, but okay. you should feel bad that you interrupted my story because it could have been fun and you just didn't let me get there. Okay, that's all right. Sometimes right. that happens. So we got a burner phone <laughs> <laughs> and we're drug dealers in Portugal now. It's hilarious. So we went into a store because, again, we just needed a number and we're like, just give us your cheapest phone because we don't need to use it for anything. And she's like, oh, I have the perfect phone for you. <laughs> yeah. And she was fantastic. Brings out this like... It's first of all, it's too light. I'll tell you that right oh, now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It is like a plastic and think it, of like the 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 Nokia like eight thousand series, yep. like eight hundred. And you can or only text using like T nine. Yes. And the buttons feel like is it a play phone? Like I'm not sure. The screen is the size of my thumbnail. Yep. Yeah. And so we got that phone, oh, and it's we great. feel very like we're doing something legal. Um, the f yeah, I was gonna say the funny part about it. So it's just a pay as you go phone. It's a pay as you go, which is such as a burner. Yeah. So we, yeah, obviously you're selling drugs. Like you don't want people to know. Uh, so we loaded it up with twenty euros worth of like messages and things because it actually doesn't have any data because it's not a smartphone. And I just love that like 
every time we get a text that's like, it's really just for confirmation numbers on like the right. eating out app and like uh, buying something online, whatever. Yeah. So every time we get a text, we're like, ooh, ooh, that's ooh. five cents. That's five cents. Stop texting us. Stop texting us. Uh, and I just love like, I have to like go into like a menu and like click into a message and then read it. Uh, I texted myself once and then I was like, oh, that cost me five cents. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Uh, but it's just a hilarious like little small thing. And now we just have it like in the cupboard. Yeah. And every once in a while, you'll just hear like a and we're like, uh-oh, we got, Ooh, some, got, just, got some drugs. We got to, you know, get out there. We, just for everyone to know, like, we are not condoning dr- doing drugs, stay in school, be cool, all those things. But, like, certain drugs. Uh, yeah, whatever you want. You know I what know. I mean? Listen, recreationally, Like, have fun. don't do drugs, but, like, if you do, it's okay. Uh, next up on the Portuguese life stuff is figuring out our car situation. For those of you who've been keeping track of this and are interested, we have just been continuing to rent from rental companies. Yep. And we've been trying to decide where we're going to buy a car, where we're going to do a long-term rental. We cannot really find a long-term rental that makes sense for us. Right. And then we can't get really uh, uh, approved for, like, a lease on a car because we don't have any credit in Portugal. Right. So what we're going to do is we're going to buy a car used and then we're going to have a car that we just own outright because it's really the easiest way for expats. It's unfortunate because we're, you know, you have to put up a chunk of cash that you don't really want to in a depreciating asset, but we've just done a ton of research on it and it just feels like the next best. Yes. And the way that I have like, mm, I've been very much resisting this because it is a chunk of money and I hate seeing our you know, what we think of as our savings depleted. But then I had a change of mindset yesterday where I was like, oh, but like we sold our car before we went traveling and got basically this big check of money. Which went into our savings. Which went into our savings. And so the way that I'm just thinking of it now is just rolling that money into this new car. Wouldn't it be nice though someone was just like, we just have an extra car, you know? (laughs) Yeah, just like have an extra one just sitting on the lot. Yeah, like I would appreciate someone just rolling up and getting me a car. Yeah. Yeah, that's not What about those commercials where there's like the red bow on it and everything? Yeah. Who does that? Santa? Come on. Did we miss that? Uh, We have also been running into some people in our neighborhood, (gasps) which is exciting. So my plan for January was literally in my notion, I said, make connection plan. Yes. And so I was like, I wasn't under any expectation we were going to actually have friends right. in it, for a while, but my whole plan was like, okay, make a list of like ways to maybe meet some people, right? That yeah. was my only goal for January. Yeah, not to actually meet not anybody. Not to actually yeah. make friends. And lo and behold, we have had the most bumping social calendar of any time in our lives. Yeah, which is not a lot, but for us, it's usually none. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, it's it's been really fun. We uh, actually, a woman who lives in our uh, little area here, she came over one night, and then just last night, we went over to her place, and she made us dinner, which was so fun. Uh, it was and so then nice. we have a lunch out next week with some people who live like right around the corner. Yep, and then we have a lunch like probably the week after that with uh, a couple who lives like 30 minutes down south of us. We're going to meet up with them. They actually used to live in Encinitas. My college roommate, college roommate, roommate. all the way back in the year 2000 when Nelly and 50 Cent were just bumping in your radio, (laughs) uh, is looking to buy a a piece of land in Portugal. They live in Berlin. They live in Berlin, Germany. And they're coming over here. And we've been chatting all since last year because we've been traveling. And so it's obviously very interesting when someone who is an expat himself. So they're going to come to Portugal. We're going to meet up with them. So my college roommate, I like, know. 
and also it's so weird how life works. Yeah, I have such a funny history with uh, with him because just very quickly, uh, basically like kicked him out of our shared dorm room because I was just a jerk in college, as some of you can maybe imagine. But then we rekindled our relationship a couple years later. We shared an apartment. We started a design company called Ginseng Design because one of us liked tea. I didn't know anything about tea, but I was just like, all right, cool. And what year is this, Jason? Oh, this is two thousand three or yeah, two. This is before. Yeah, this is before Thought and Theory, which was my other design company. I but started after the ATP? No, before the ATP. This okay. was like in college. Tell, had you a never part talk time. about this. Yeah, but we didn't do anything. It, we, like we started a design business. I think we just designed our own stuff. Like we didn't have a single client. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, maybe mention that part. <laughs> yeah, I was slinging eBay phones at this point. Like <laughs> yeah, that's how I was true, making true. money. They were burners. They, they were, were burners. burners. Uh, so anyway, yeah, lots of good. But anyway, uh, yeah, social connections. We we have been very pleasantly surprised with how social it feels, and um, yeah, and we found a cool new restaurant. We've, yeah. So we've. We kind of set this intention to really get out and about at least once a week to try to explore different areas yep. and kind of, because we very much, being people who work from home, can get into, and also we don't like to eat out that much because we inevitably eat worse and spend yeah. more money. <laughs> so we eat at home, but once a week, at least, we try to get out and explore a new area. And I th- think we've done a great job with that, trying yeah. a new restaurant. Yeah, I, and I think like for anybody who's wondering, you know, you live in your normal place that you're so used to and you have like all your go-to restaurants. But I think if you really sat down and asked yourself, like, how many restaurants do you really go to on a consistent basis? Mm-hmm. And it's really probably like four or five. Mm-hmm. We've found four or five great restaurants. Which They're was all our goal. a little bit different in the cuisine. They're a little bit different in like the type of restaurant. Um, the one thing I did want to mention is, well, two things. One, there isn't really, well, there's definitely not any drive through fast food in Portugal, like that we've really seen. Oh, definitely not. Yeah. Uh, which is very interesting. Like there is one Burger King in Lourinha. There, so there is, that probably do, uh, does it have a drive through though? I don't think I've seen yeah. it. It does. Yeah, it does. Okay. So, but like, that's it. Like that's there's it. nothing else that does a drive through. You know, now that I'm saying that it might not have a drive through. I don't think it does. I think I just assumed because I saw Burger King. Yeah. I don't think it does. So that's a very interesting, just like different thing that you don't see very mm-hmm. often. Uh, the other thing I was going to say is I have been thwarted twice on trying to get some wood fire oven pizza. I know. Uh, which is, I think it's just something like we're we're going to have to get used to of like smaller restaurants because that's like these two pizza places are like very small places. They're just like we showed up one day and then when we're like, yeah, sorry, we're not making pizzas today. We're like, oh, OK. And then the other place we showed up and they're like on a winter break that's like not mentioned anywhere. But I'm every like, time that you've been thwarted, we remind ourselves what we love about this culture is the slower pace. True. And so if that's what you love about the culture, you have to like, accept you have to accept and be happy for like. My perspective on it was like, oh, they're on winter break. Like, good that those people are taking time for their life yes. and, and to have a break. Totally. So that's just a change of mindset, too, is every time you're confronted with an inconvenience, you have to remember that that inconvenience is a part of what you love about this country. Yeah. So, yeah, it's easier to... Cool. But I do hope you get your pizza at some point. I, I mean, I as well, at some time in 2023, would like some wood fire pizza from a Portuguese business. Yes, that would be great. Please, and thank you. Yes, thank you. Uh, all right. That is the Pramble. That's the quick five-minute, 25-minute update Oops. on everything that we've been doing. But listen, we've been the podcast has been yeah, on a break for a while. We had to, we had to get everybody up. caught up. We had to ease you in. We, we had, had to, to argue about the best way to talk to about our burner phone. about interrupting people's stories. I mean, what's, what is a podcast with us if that's not going to happen? Exactly. All right, let's get into some... 2023 goals and plans and what we're thinking and doing. Listen, we know this is not an original idea by any stretch of the imagination, but we find it fascinating to know what mindset people are oh, in at I the love, top of the I year. I love it. I love listening so, to people. you might be wondering, what are those zooks going to be up to in 2023? Yeah. And we're going to tell you. 
So we thankfully, first week we got back, had a bunch of planning meetings. So we actually have an answer to this question because we have thought about it. Um, so where we start with planning, and again, if you're someone who's like, I don't even know what I want to do this year, maybe our process can help you think through some of this. Sure. Also, I want to give a quick shout out. If you want to kind of dive even deeper into this process of how we plan out a year and how we set a vision for like what we're going to invest in in our business, we are doing a newsletter series at the top of the year called Invest. And it's an eight-week series. And so you can sign up for that at wanderingainfully.com slash newsletter. Are you asking me? No. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, okay. Period. I, yeah, you okay. can sign up for that at wanderingainfully.com slash newsletter. Yes. Um, and so if you are interested in this type of content and you want to read it, you can sign up for that series. Yeah. And if you sign up in the next, basically it's two months because it's an eight-week series, you'll always be able to get the previous emails because exactly. we're going to link to them all in the email. So like if you were to listen to this episode at the end of February and like, oh, I wish I would have like, like been able to get you all this. You can hop right on. You can hop right on. You'll be able to get the rest of it. Exactly. Cool. So where we always start is by reevaluating our enough number. And yes. if you haven't heard us talk about this concept, it's really just the idea about not setting arbitrary financial goals, but setting goals that are based on the ideal lifestyle that you want to live. So it's like envisioning, okay, here's the life I want to live. Here's what would feel really spacious. Here's what would feel really good. It would have, you know, here's what I think that would cost. And it's, it's completely dependent on you and your lifestyle and what you want to live. It's not just like, here's the type of house I want to live in and how much the mortgage would be, but it's like, I have aging parents and I might want to save up for care for them or I have health concerns or I want 900 burner phones or like I want six months of uh, business expenses buffer in my savings. Like whatever those unique financial things are for you that make you feel like you can be at ease. Your enough number is 100% unique to you. And like, we're not here to judge you for it. And hopefully you're not here to judge us for it either. Yeah. And we also like to start the year by reevaluating that number because it can change and it will change based on your goals. And we'll share with you actually how it's changing this year for us. So our lifestyle last year of traveling was so different than living here in Portugal, right? Yeah. So we started with evaluating that number um, and kind of checking in on our lifestyle and going like, how does this number need to change? Um, And so for us, a couple of big considerations that are different this year versus last year are the next big thing on the horizon for us is we want to save for a house. So we have rented for almost 10 years, almost 10 years. We would really love to. We've been kicked out of three places. (laughs) You know, there are so many positives to renting. Yes. Um, Like, and we're definitely not here to say like, oh, you have to buy a house in order to like be an adult. That's not it. But um, we would love to have a place that's our own where we could do whatever we want to it and really live there longer term. Yeah, and I think having kids is also a consideration too because it's exactly. like you want the stability. The stability you don't want yeah. the where like in 6 months we might have to move and then like it's just there's a lot of obvious, all of you parents out there know it's nice to have the stability. And right. so I think for us, like now's the time to think about that. And one of the things that we have learned is being an expat here in Portugal, this is very specific to our situation, is that you can only get approved up to 60 to 70% in some cases of the home value in a, in a mortgage so or in a home loan. So like just a very round numbers, just to give you an idea, if you buy a million dollar house, the most we could possibly get a mortgage for is $700,000 at the most. Most likely it's going to be less than that just because we have no credit here. Which, quick math, that means you need $300,000 yeah. to and, get in And savings. we don't know if what type of price range we're buying a home in, but we just know that like 
there's never going to be a better time than this year and maybe the next year to start stockpiling for this big purchase. Yep. And so, you know, we've over the past couple of years, we've had savings, we have uh, an investment account, like we have all of those things, but we haven't really built up like a chunk of money that's just like sitting waiting to be put toward a house that is the thing that then, you know, builds equity. So that is our big thing that's on the horizon. Right. So if you're just zooming out the lens in general and following kind of our priorities and values the past few years, you know, last year was very much enjoy the fruits of our labor, spend and be okay with spending and just yeah. like enjoy and savor and live life. The year before that was very much more like coasting and kind of like being able to balance work with with investing in our personal lives. And this year, in contrast to those two, is very much more going to be a more business-focused growth year for yeah. us. And so you just go through these seasons, right? And you establish at the top of the year, at least for us, I like the year kind of construct of saying, what are, where do I want to take my life this year? Is it a pullback season for me? Is it a focus on my personal life season for me? Is it a go all in on a business thing for me? Is it a saving year? Is it a spending year? Like all of these things are kind of what you want to establish in order to know here's my North star. And so for us, that's our North star. We want to have, we want to do the house. You know, there are some different, um, financial considerations with like we live in a different continent now than our family is like, yeah. there's going to be international flights. Like, yep. but we want to pull back on like leisure travel, I would say, because we really filled up that bucket last year. We used all of our, our coins. We used our, all of our leisure bucket yeah. coins last yeah. year. Um, also kids in the future. So yeah, having just, a buffer there. Yeah. I think this year for us, as we sat down and started to think about everything was just like, okay, this is a big year for us to save money. And I think it's worth just taking a quick second to talk about like the mindset of doing kind of like a growth year for us in a quote unquote recession, the time uh -huh, that we're uh -huh, in. Uh -huh. And I think that it, it's just one of those things. that's like, we can only control what we can control. Exactly. We can't control the economy. We can't control the stock market. We can't control people's spending habits, but what we can control is our marketing efforts. What we can control is our output and content. What we can control is, um, honing in all of our products and making them tighter and better. What we can control is trying to experiment and do different things. And so I think for us, if it's just an example for you as someone who might be really worried about the recession in, in the economy right now is to just see two people and we'll find out at the end of the year how it goes. Like yeah. maybe we have all these lofty goals and the recession really did affect our ability to hit them, but we're not going to start out the year going, well, oh, we're in a recession. Let's not set goals. Totally. And, you know, I definitely have shifted my internal beliefs about the value of worry yeah. in the past few years. And for me, I've gotten, I've arrived at this place where I just, from a very practical mindset go, okay, the worrying did not help me, yes. you know, like the trying to think through every scenario, the fear about what the worst case scenario is. Oftentimes it never unfolds the way you think it's going to anyway. So I asked myself like, is worrying about something that I can't control? Is it demotivating me or is it motivating me? Yeah. And it's, almost always for me demotivating me because then it's, I get swallowed up by the fear. I get swallowed up by the limiting beliefs of like, well, it's a recession. Like my business is going to go down. Like no one's going to buy all those things. Right. That hasn't happened yet. That's just a prediction you're making based on news articles you're reading yeah. and things. And so that's not to say that it's not real. It is real, but worrying about it for me is not practical in terms of my motivation. Yeah. And so if I can just focus on exactly what you said, focus on what you can control Stay in your motivation. Stay in the things that fuel you, not the things that add to your resistance. 
And for me, that's my strategy going into uh, 2023, even with all of this uncertainty swirling around us. So getting back to our enough number. So we sat down and we really just kind of like ran a bunch of different projections, a bunch of different ideas. How many customers do we currently have? How many customers did we get, you know, last year, the year before that? And then really just said, okay, well, what are our goals for savings for this down payment on a house? And what that brought us to was our enough number that our businesses, we would like both of our businesses to make combined in total revenue is $534,000. It's a very specific number, I just realized. But essentially, that's our goal. And Again, that's revenue, so that doesn't take into account paying taxes, paying expenses, you know, all those other things, WAM affiliates, like that's a big chunk for us. Right, because so that, that number is to cover all of that as well, exactly. right? So it's not, that doesn't just go to us in terms of like, oh, we take home 530. No. That would be nice. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, it's that in order to cover the cost of those businesses, to cover paying our affiliates, to cover taxes, like Jason said, to cover the savings goals, to cover like all these things. But that is the number of pure revenue sales. Yeah. And so once you get to that number, whatever that number is for you, that number, it could be 5,000. It doesn't have to be 500. Yeah. Whatever that number is, the reason I think that is so empowering is because you start to use it as a, as a guide to make decisions. Yeah. So then you go, okay, well, what's my offer? What am I selling? And how much of that do I need to sell in order to hit that number? And you kind of reverse engineer it from that way. So for us... Oh, sorry, have, before you get to that yeah. real quick. Um, I just think it's also really to remember because I know as a person listening to this podcast, you can hear that big number and you can be like, whoa, like that, that's a huge number. Remember, we're two people. Yes. So if you're listening to this and you're a single person running a single business... We're also running two businesses, and we've been doing this for five years, just together with Wandering Aimfully. But in general, we've been doing business for... 15 years. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, I just like to put those things in perspective because so often you hear someone have this multi-six-figure goal, and you're like, I'm just getting started. Great. If you're just getting started, then your enough number cannot be that. I mean, it can if you really want to. We're not here to tell you what your number can and can't be. But it is important to know that your enough number needs to start at a more reasonable goal. Yeah. So, sorry to interrupt, but I no, just wanted to get a, a little caveat. caveat. Yeah, for sure. And and also, I my caveat is that, you know, Jason and I often have these conversations about the value of transparency. And is it helpful to be transparent when we know that not everyone is going to be able to be in business for 10 years and aspire, you know, and, and we go back and forth on that because also the second that you open yourself up to your numbers, you open yourself up to judgment. And I know that that's a risk that we take in sharing numbers, but we hope that, and we believe that the transparency is more important because the real numbers we hope is empowering to you to go like, okay, this isn't just some abstract. This is actually what they're talking about. And this is actually how they're getting there. And as long as you can take it all with a grain of salt and put it through your own filter of your own life and your own enough definition and your own numbers, um, hopefully it's, it's like gonna, again, going back to that motivation, hopefully it's motivating to you and not demotivating to you. So yeah, the way that we get to that number is we break down the sales of our offer to help us get there. So uh, we set low and high goals because we think it's always important to have a low goal that feels like this is achievable with a little bit of effort. And then a high goal that's like, this is a stretch goal. It's going to take a couple awesome things to kind of work out for it to get there. But it's also one of those things that it's realistic. It just, 
it's not within our control, really. Like, there's no way to really guarantee that, if you will. So uh, we start with those low goals. So our low goal for Wandering Aimfully is 120 new customers for our each launch of the year. So we yep. have two launches, spring and fall. So that would be a total of 240 new Waymers per for the total uh, of those two launches and for the year. And something important to also just note that I do think sometimes the way that our business works is our program is $2,000 and it ends and then you're still a customer for life. Yes. And so it's a lifetime pricing model. So it's important to remember that after most people are on a 20 month plan, after 20 months, we're still servicing those customers, yes. but we're not getting any more revenue. Yep. And we've done an entire episode about why we like that. It's not for everyone. Yep. But if you're wondering like, oh, like, but you said enough and now you're getting, trying to get a hundred customers in every launch. And it's like, well, because we always have to replenish exactly. our revenue. Yeah. Um, so that, that's just something to note. Yeah. So the low goal, 120 per launch, our high goal is 150 per launch. So it's not like we're doubling each launch. It's nothing, you know, super crazy. And we do feel like that's a realistic achievable number, but it will take work to get there, which we're going to talk about how we're getting there. Um, so I think, that just shares kind of how those numbers break down. That's that's going to be the biggest chunk of our revenue that comes in yeah. for that that number because uh, Wandering Gameplay makes the majority of our money. And then we also, for the first time in running Wandering Gameplay, we're going to do some experiments with some mini launches. Yeah. So we've had people. Uh, so for the past few years, all we've sold, the only things we've yeah. sold, are the two launches of our Wham Unlimited program. Yep. And simplifying down to just that one offer has been really helpful in being able to like hone our system. That's extremely repeatable, yep. which has been great. But now we're sort of, again, in a phase where we're like, okay, you know, only launching for two weeks, twice a year. Like there's so much more time in order to experiment. And we yeah. really want to try that. And we've had people ask us, there are parts, there are products and resources inside of Wayman Limited that you can only get by being a part of the program that people have asked for access to one-off. So a good example of that would be like our Notion starter pack, yep. which is our entire Notion system for running your small business. Um, you know, it's got a content calendar. It's got a, a finance tracker. It's got a habit tracker, a task count, like all of these pieces of basically running your entire business. And when we launched it, people were like, can I get this by yeah. itself? And we said, unfortunately for now, because simplicity, yep you can only get it inside the program. So we are going to experiment this year with what we're calling mini launches, yep. which are basically instead of our program, just doing one off products twice, two times throughout the year. Um, probably like two months following each launch yes. is the way that we're, we're thinking of it now. So yeah. probably once in May and probably once potentially around black Friday. Maybe. And we also are really curious of just, um, what does it feel like to have a product that's for sale next to our larger product? And so if these kind of mini products are like, you know, literally like a $150 to $200 product, like, and that's it. There's no ongoing payments. There's no nothing. It's just you're, you're buying a one-off thing. How does that supplement our overall revenue? And mm -hmm. what does that look like in terms of our email list, which let's just say has 12,000 people on it right now about, you know, of those people, we're trying to get 120 to buy each time we do a launch of William Unlimited. Well, are there another 100 people on the list for each mini launch to buy a smaller product. Mm -hmm. And and that's a hypothesis we just want to test because we want to see if there are people who are like, yeah, I can't really commit to paying for Wayne. I love what you you all do, which does things we hear via email. So I'm not just saying it. Um, and they want like the Notion Starter Pack, like you said. And are there 100 people for those mini launches that we do twice a year to do that? So that's an experiment we're going to find out and we'll keep you uh, posted on it here on the podcast. And it's just one of those other ways that we're trying to add revenue to our overall revenue goal that we haven't done before. Mm -hmm. 
All right. So again, just to recap here, our particular process is reevaluate your enough number. Yeah. So you know what you're aiming for. See what that would be across an entire year. Um, also, one part we didn't mention here that we got part of how we got to that 534 number was basically saying, how much money are we making per month now? Yes. How much money are we aiming for with our enough number? Yes. And let's pretend that we got to that enough number by the end of the year. Yeah. Like ended the year reaching our enough number. Take the average of where we are now to where we want to be. Multiply that across 12 months that gets you the 534. Exactly. So in doing that math, what we're accounting for is like basically it, from where we are now to where we want to be, if we got there in exactly a linear growth, how much money would we need to make across the whole year? Yeah. None of this is going to play out the way that you project. Nope. But it helps you set some type of Yeah, and it, it really, I think for us, number. just helps us know, here are the amount of customers we need every launch. Here are the amount of customers we need in the mini launches. Exactly. Like, we're not going to reach that number just by putting that number out into the world. You have to go, these are the amount of customers that we would need to get at this price point to meet that. Yeah, and if you do this exercise and you go, oh, I need a thousand customers at my, like to reach my enough number, I would need a thousand customers at my current price of my offer. And last year you got 30 customers. And last year you got 30. You might go, okay, maybe instead of my model being where I am now to getting to my enough number at the end of this year, maybe you go, give me two years. And you go, okay, let me half my enough number. Let me say I get from here to half my enough number by the end of this year. What does that look like? And you kind of run the numbers that way until you land on something that feels aspirational, something to aspire to, but feels realistic. Yeah. So the next thing to do in this process is it's great to have an enough number. It's great to have customer goals, but how the hell are you going to do it? Right. (laughs) And I think that that's the real, where the real secret sauce lies in running an online business is not just setting goals and then like crossing your fingers and hoping that everything you've done in the past helps you reach those goals. Especially when your goals are increasing, you have to do things that change to meet those goals. So for us, uh, we basically took a look at kind of the weakest point in the Wandering Aimfully marketing bridge, as we call it. And we have a full episode about marketing bridges if you want to go back and listen. But essentially for us, the weakest point is traffic. So our traffic of the wanderingaimfully.com website has been going down every year by like 40%, which is not a great trend. Uh, (laughs) But I will say our revenue has been going up every year. So we are attracting a better audience. We are getting rid of, I think, an audience of people that have been coming for other reasons or other posts that are kind of falling off. Namely, I mean, really the biggest of all of them is my social media detox journal that I wrote in 2014, which was on the homepage in the number one spot for that phrase for years. And now it's slowly dropping down, which is totally fine because that's not our ideal audience for wandering aimfully uh, purchasers. So we know that we need to increase our traffic. So uh, our email conversion is fairly good for people who are coming to our site to signing up to our email list. But we know that because the traffic is declining, that we want to attract an even better audience to Wandering Aimfully to then sign up for our email list who are going to be better suited to Yeah, it's also one of those things where you just, you have to make these decisions in your business where you go, okay, focusing on traffic might not be like the sexiest, most quick turnaround in terms of results right now. But I know that every moment in the future, we are going to wish that we had done this sooner. Exactly. And so there are times where you have to, and we'll talk about invest later on, but there are times when you have to make a decision to reinvest in your business, even though you know that something isn't going to pay off right away. Yeah. I think that's that's what invests really denotes for me is like I'm putting in effort now to see the fruits of it later. And that's kind of the focus of our eight-week email series that we mentioned earlier is like 
we're, we're doing the work now so that it hopefully pays off. So talking about our Q1 project. So we have not planned out our Q2, Q3, Q4 projects because we want to see how the first one goes. But the first one, we're, what we're doing is called Narticles. Yeah. So in order to boost this traffic, um, we have decided uh, we basically need to create, we're just going to start with creating like 15 to 20 better, more targeted articles on our website. And so these are new articles. Yeah, Narticles. And so Narticles is what we have affectionately named this project. And so um, really that's just about writing high quality articles that are better suited for our, our ideal audience, which we we have continued to hone over the years, yeah. but we haven't really created a lot of new content. And the second part of that is realizing that people's uh, consumption habits are changing. Yep. And so making placing more of an emphasis on these more condensed shorter scannable um kind of bite-sized articles that are still extremely high value yeah but like i do think kind of gone are the days of like the extremely long yeah it's just it's so hard to keep up with the trends of like what is google rewarding what's ending up on the front page what are people clicking through and like we have so many long form articles and it's like does someone actually read through all of that and then sign up for our email list? Like it's almost impossible to know. Yeah. And so I think what we, again, like we just love experiments. We love doing hypotheses and, and proving out to see how they go. So with the Narticles thing, what we want to do is create shorter articles that are like a thousand words at max. They answer very specific questions for our ideal audience. Mm-hmm. And this is what we would tell people. And we have a whole episode on the content strategy, content salad strategy here on the podcast But it's what we would tell people, which is like, identify your ideal customer, Mm -hmm. identify their ideal problems, Mm -hmm. then create a list of articles you can write to solve those problems, and then show those in a way that someone can find them. And so right now, the show those in a way is really kind of a broken thing on the Wandering Aimfully site, because we have 120 plus articles that range so many topics that are just not really helpful in a conducive manner. Whereas with Narticles, we want to create kind of a new articles page that's like, here are 15 articles dedicated to you, a person who runs a client-based business and wants to transition to digital products. That's it. Mm-hmm. There's no Jason's fitness journey from 2012. <laughs> Carol's uh, co- like philosophical concept about authenticity. Exactly. Like all of that will still exist. Like and you, you can find it'll be buried, but our articles page will be 15 articles for our specific ideal audience because this is the exact thing we would tell someone else in this position of you've got to get this foundation right. Now, the other thing I'll say that we, it's a big experiment as well is, okay, it's great to write these articles, but who's going to see them? Who's going to see them? How are they going to see them? We're going to dive into the world of Pinterest. We have for years (laughs) been like, we want to get, like I used Pinterest quite a bit when I was, had my own made vibrant blog with like my hand lettering. It was just like very well suited for that. Um, but we know that in, if we're going to invest this time, we do want some type of amplification. So you're going to be able to come along with us on that journey. Is it going to fail miserably? Maybe, Yeah. but that's okay. Are we going to do it ourselves? Are we going to hire someone? The jury is still kind of out on that decision. We we haven't really Mm -hmm. got into that yet. First thing we need to do again, and this is like, we would tell anybody in a project like this, this article thing is a project. Get the articles written. Yeah. Get the articles written. Like have the thing that you want to then promote promotable, but don't like go down the rabbit hole of like, well, now I need to learn Pinterest. It's like, no, no, not yet. You need to have the thing built so that you can promote it. So that's our Q1 project. We are under no illusions that that project alone is going to fully increase our traffic, fully grow our email list to the numbers that we think we're going to need to get all the customers. 
but that's what we're doing the first quarter. Yep. And so at the end of the first quarter, maybe halfway through, we'll have another meeting and we'll go, okay, what do we want to do in Q2? What's mm -hmm. our next experiment? And so for us, the focus this year is every quarter to have a project that is going to increase Wandering Aimfully's traffic or email subscriber list growth, uh, and just try and really focus on identifying those client-based business owners who want to transition to digital products. How do we find more of those people? How do we help them in some way so they trust us and see Wandering Aimfully Unlimited as a program that they want to join because they know they'll get value from it? How'd it do? That was a great summary. Nice. I feel like I put a little bit of lube on my legs because we're all chafing here. Yeah, I feel less chafing, honestly. I'm, That's fantastic. I'm all lubed up. Um, the second project, so that was kind of our growth project. Yes. There's a second project, which is more of reinvesting in our own offer. Yeah. And this is a project that we've had on our <laughs> our wish list for so long. For five years. For five Since years. The Since launched, the day that it launched. Since the day that it launched. been on our wish and list. And that is to redesign the Wandering and Fleet dashboard. Yes. And so this is the internal experience of how someone accesses the myriad of coaching sessions, uh, courses, yeah. workshops, like I don't even, I honestly couldn't even tell you how many resources we have inside Wave Unlimited. Hundreds. Well, if you include articles, but like if you yeah, include yeah. Oh, just yeah. like courses and resources, like probably a hundred. I think it's, yeah, just under a hundred. Which is wild, right? Yeah. But obviously like if our, our selling proposition for Wave Unlimited is to help you focus in your business on one thing at a time and to <laughs> eliminate overwhelm and the experience of trying to go through everything in Wave, you know, we have certain things like search and tags and all of that but it's not a great experience. Yeah. And so to deliver on that promise, and this is also, it's gotten cluttered the more things that we create yeah. because that's, that's the thing is we're always going to be creating things. Exactly. So we are going to invest in creating a better experience. Yeah. That. And what that process is going to look like is we're trying to create a limited amount of time that you have to redesign and rethink the experience of the dashboard, mm -hmm. which you've already been you know, playing around in it. How many hours do you think you've worked on it? Oh, no, like probably six. Okay. So I was going to say 10. So, you know, even in 10 hours, like you've already thought through like so many fun new things that, that we can reimagine in the way that the experience goes. Mm -hmm. And I just think that like, it's going to be, it's going to make us so much more excited when the core inner product of Wandering Aimfully that people get into because they purchase the program from us we are excited about it because it's new and it's awesome and like it functions better and like you can get access to things better. And you know, the really the core like way that it works, especially for any waymers who are listening, that's not going to change. Like the saving of things, the like adding of notes of things, the, you know, being able to search and sort through our stuff. It's just going to be a better overall experience. It's going to be a more modernized design. It's going to be a more easily readable and scannable design. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just really excited because Whenever you can take the time to like reinvest in your core product and yep. make it better, yep. it gets you excited about marketing and promoting it. Exactly. The key is though, we're doing this five years after. Yep. So where we see so many people go wrong is you make your online course and then six months from after making it, maybe you don't get a, bu a bunch of sales and you go, oh, it's because I didn't like design it this way. And then you go and yep. you redesign the whole thing yep. and you just haven't done any marketing or promotion. We've done plenty of marketing or promotion and now we feel like we just want our core product to be better, more modern, more usable. And so very excited for that. And hopefully we can kind of curb our wish list of like wanting to do all of the things. Yeah, that's going to be our big challenge is sort of knowing that it can be so much better, but also balancing that with what can we accomplish in the time frame and the budget. That yeah, because we do have to pay a developer to yep. take your designs yep. and turn them into a functional thing. Uh, thankfully, we do have a very good developer, but... 
he does cost money and we don't want to spend too much money because again, our savings goals and we're trying not to up our spending this year. So we just have to be very careful with how we do that. And we're just going to try and be creative in, in how that gets executed. Yeah. So those are the two projects. And so for you, again, recapping, if you, you come up with that goal, you go, this is how many sales that I would need to reach that goal of my offer. And then ask yourself, okay, and maybe it's to follow our formula, it would help you to go, what's one marketing project? Yeah. And then what's one sort of core offer project, yeah. right? So how can I make my core offer better? And then how can I make my marketing better? And maybe that's a good place to start for Q1 for you of going, okay, these are going to be my two focus things. We don't have it listed here. Can we quickly go over the rest of Wayne's marketing plan, which I think is very simple and easy to go over. Just so people know how we sell Wayne. Oh, no, 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 no. Just in general of like how Wayne is marketing in our content plan for the year. Is how for it works now. out. Sure. Yeah. So Instagram, we're not going back on Instagram. Uh, YouTube, we're, we did our travel videos, I think 18 total videos last year. Um, we're going to dabble in recording two videos alongside the articles and see how they go. If, the, if that goes well, then we might do some YouTube stuff, but we're putting that as like a very big maybe. This podcast will continue to do as we've done before. And our email newsletter is a non-negotiable. Every Monday, we send out a helpful, jam-packed, value-packed email. And for the first email. year ever, we have all of our series mapped out for the year. Yeah. So I just wanted to give the overall picture. We're not getting on TikTok. We're, again, we're not spending time on Instagram. We are focusing on articles. And then, again, trying to use Pinterest to build up some traffic from that. And thankfully, we do have an existing email list. We have existing traffic that we're using. Great. That's one of our businesses. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the other business. Yes. So Tea Tree has an exciting birthday this year. Yeah. It is celebrating its 10th year of inception. So this 2023 will be the year that we hit the anniversary of when I opened up Photoshop, which I believe was Photoshop, I want to say like... You can't. 5.0? I don't know. You're um, making that up. Uh, yeah. Uh, but 2013 me created a Photoshop file of a course design that I just wanted because there wasn't a great course design, gave it to a WordPress developer. I had this WordPress site that people could buy a course from me and like go through the content. That then got turned into the first iteration of Tea Tree in 2014. And here we are nine years later, Wow! thinking about doing our very first bit of marketing yeah. <laughs> for yep. Tea Tree. It has been completely word of mouth. Yes. Um, up until this point. And so now we, and we say this every year, yeah. we're like, this is going to be the year where we really crank it up on Tea Tree. Yeah. But we... Any any crank at all any is crank. up. Any, any crank. crank at all is up. Uh, just a tiny, just a little nodule turn is a big crank. But we really just needed to get Wayne to a place where it was so much more consistent. Yes. In order to be able to shift. And we're at that place now. Yeah. So... Oh, by the way, Tea Tree is an online course software, if you don't know, if you've never heard of it like, before. What's Tea Tree? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, it's a software platform where you can make online courses. Um with an emphasis on complete control over customization and yeah. and making them creative looking, which is kind of what differentiates it from a lot of course platforms out there. Yeah. Um, it's an emphasis on your creativity and you can make it look exactly how you want it. And also we've tried to make you did a full redesign in 2020 that we had a team help us kind of put into the application that it just becomes much more fun to use. It's fun to use. Yeah. yeah. 
So uh, the first thing we're going to do, and this is a very silly thing that we should have done many years ago, but we just didn't have the time. Teacher actually has a pretty good amount of traffic coming to it every single day. Yeah. And that's 10 years of people talking Word about it, people sharing it, links people to having it. courses that you know yep. talk about that they like Tea Tree. So the first thing we're going to do is see if we can convert that traffic into our trials that converts into paying customers by doing something. <laughs> yeah. And so again, this goes back to what we did with Wayne, which was establish our goals and then look at our marketing bridge and go, where are the holes? Yeah. And so for us, instead of traffic being the main, which we have plenty of, which with we have plenty of it's converting to trials. Yes. And so instead we had all these ideas about like, is it finally doing content on YouTube? Yep. Is it finally, is it, is it doing direct sales with course? Like all these ideas. Yep. We have a list full of ideas, but the advice we would give anyone is before you go and create something new, look at your existing bridge and go, how can I make this better? How can I make the foundation better? to, you know, in the metaphor, it's like, where can I repair the bridge so that before I go sending more people over it, it's like structurally sound. And so for us, that is looking at this traffic that we already have coming and going, how can we convert more people to free trials? So we have some, a couple of experiments we're going to run on that. It, oh, I mean, we might just do a lead magnet. <laughs> yeah. Any type of <laughs> like, in incentive whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, the, it's actually, as we started to get into this, and I think maybe some of you can relate to this. When you really take a moment to like look at your business and look at the opportunities that lie in front of you, you kind of laugh because you're like, I haven't even done the simple things. Mm -hmm. I haven't even done the like, just put like a big email sign up thing on my website. Mm -hmm. And so for us, the big thing that we're going to do is just basically like try and create a lead magnet or try and create some incentive for people to join a trial and just see if we can convert a bunch of the traffic that we already have into trials because right now nothing is incentivizing them other than a button that says start for free. Yep. So our goals right now, Tea Tree has 250 active paying customers. Mm -hmm. And we, again, that has been no marketing. That has been all word of mouth over the course of 10 years. Uh, we want to grow, of those 250, I don't know the exact number off the top of my head, but of those 250, we have monthly and we have annual customers. Um, we want to grow our monthly customers just monthly from 160, that's the number. Sorry, I should have read it. Uh, we have 160 monthly customers. We want to grow that to 300 this year. Mm -hmm. So basically doubling our monthly customers. And we're actually not even factoring in the annual customer growth. Exactly. Honestly, just because it's too difficult to do the math because it's once a year payments and blah, blah, blah. So we're just focusing on monthly customers. We're not changing the pricing or anything on Tea Tree. And then our high goal, as we mentioned, we like doing a low and a high goal, is to grow from 160 monthly customers to 700 customers. Mm -hmm. Now, most of that big number is just playing with conversion percentages mm -hmm. on our traffic to mm -hmm. our free trial. Mm -hmm. So if you're wondering like, whoa, that's a huge jump, it's literally because it's like a percentage point or half a percentage point up in their conversion. So the good thing is uh, with that, we feel like doing anything uh, marketing-wise yep. might help us grow our monthly customers. And it's important to say something different that we're going to be doing this year that we haven't been doing in the past years is devoting Fridays to basically being tea tree days. Yes. Um, and so this is also, this is advice we give people all the time. If you're trying to make any sort of sort of transition, if you're, tr if you're that person who has a client based business and you're trying to move to digital products, but you're finding yourself, we call them straddling strategists. Yep. You're finding yourself straddling these two worlds, serving two audiences or serving two businesses or serving two anything. And you feel torn in two directions and you just are having a hard time carving out the time devoting one day and kind of creating a hard boundary around it and saying like, this is going to be my 
you know, digital product day, or yeah. this is going to be my tea tree day, or yeah. this is going to be my, I work, you know, on my business instead of in my business day. That is one strategy that we recommend just that can help you check in more often, which is going to help you take action more often, which is going to help you get results more often. Yeah. And one exciting thing for me personally with Tea Tree is if we do hit that low goal at any point this year of 300 monthly customers, that is going to be the moment that we bring on a customer support team member for mm -hmm. Tea Tree because for the entirety of Tea Tree existing, I have answered every single support email. The entirety? The entirety of it existing. Oh, entirety. Yeah. I'm like, the entirety? The entirety. <laughs> the entirety of it existing. You are going to like it. And you are going to like it. I have answered, I mean, I, I don't even know what the number. Actually, that's, you know what's funny? What? I do know the number because I saw it. Uh, accidentally the other day. And it made you throw up? <laughs> uh, I have answered 9,000 no. support requests Ooh, I don't like over that. the course of nine years. So it breaks down to like 1,000 support requests Couldn't make it to 10,000, huh? Gah, gah. <laughs> so it's basically like three a day every single day of the year, wow. which is kind of interesting. Um, yeah, I saw the number. I was like, wow, that's pretty. But we also didn't have intercom at the very beginning. I don't know. Anyway, uh, it doesn't matter. If we hit 300, we get to hire a customer support person, and I get to stop doing something that I have done every single day of my life for the past 10 years. Every day, even throughout travel. I don't know how you did that. And I, I just want to say, for anybody listening to this, there is unsexy work you have to do in your business. Totally. And I think there's a difference between, do I hate doing this unsexy yes. work, or I just dislike it? Yes. And so for me... From the beginning of doing customer support with Tea Tree, I loved it because it was a new thing. I was excited. I wanted to help people. Mm -hmm. But, you know, by year seven or eight, <laughs> I'm not really loving the people who email in from an at Hotmail email that are like, how do I change my course name? And I'm like, come on. Like, you, you got to click around. Like, you can find it. I promise <laughs> you, if you just click twice, you'll find it. And, and again, it's not to, like, say that our customer support is something I hate doing. It's just I would prefer not to answer those questions as one of the two founders of Tea Tree anymore. Mm -hmm. And I do like helping the more complex questions because that's actually fun for me to like figure out that problem. Mm -hmm. So having a customer support person that can come on that can help all of our dear at Hotmail users answer those questions, uh, that's a good goal for me and I'm something I'm very excited about. So it's motivating for me to work on Tea Tree, invest in it, set up a lead magnet and get some more people signing up for trials. Which I think, by the way, is also a fun thing to think about for you listening is what goals do you have that aren't necessarily financial, but are goals about how you work in your business? Yeah. So like, is it a goal that, oh, I take Fridays off? Or is it a goal that I don't do X, Y, and Z anymore? Or is it a goal that I only work with this type of client? Like those kind of non-financial goals yeah. about how you engage with your business are just as important, I think. And it might take you 10 years to get to those. It might. Just so you're aware of like how long it's taken me to get to that goal. Yeah. So... All right, so those are our business things. Those are what we're focusing on. That's our enough number. That's our revenue goals, how we're getting there. We will keep you up to date throughout the year. Now let's switch over to some quick life goals and then our words for the year to wrap this sucker up. Great. What are your life goals? Okay, so my bigger life goals for 2023. Um, 2023, I, I kind of set three main like life areas that I want to focus on this year. And so my top one, my number one top, life, top. top, top life area that I want to focus on this year is our relationship. That'd be nice. And it, I would appreciate and it's it. It's kind of I'm sad to think like we've been together for almost 13, 13 years. years. And this is the first year where I'm like very intentionally putting our relationship as the very top intention that I'm setting. And that made me sad when I realized that because I thought to myself, well, you, you're the person that I spend all my time with. You're the, to me, 
the life that I've built now as a person is so much revolved around like our relationship and we're a team to me. I'm not just one person. Like we are a team for our whole lives. And so the reason I want to set that as my top intention is because I, I just think it in the life cycle of a relationship, there comes a point where it's no longer going to just work like, without any effort. Like, I think it's okay to normalize putting effort into a relationship. You know what I mean? And so after, you know, travel, we had the most amazing year. We spent so much amazing, like so many memories together. We had the highest highs, but it was also hard on our relationship. And it took a toll because it was challenging for us both individually in unique ways. And so when you're both being individually challenged constantly, that's only going to make the way that you collaborate more difficult. And when you're exhausted, when you're exhausted. And so it it taught me so much, but it's also like, okay, I want to take all those lessons. And I now want to focus on coming back together, feeling closer to you, prioritizing our relationship, being a better partner. Like there are ways that I know that I could be a more supportive partner to you after you supported me so much this past year. And really the year's, prior to that because that was kind of like my hardest years do you think it's three hour earlobe massages is that what you want sounds great (laughs) (laughs) we can talk about that after the show yeah um but so i'm really excited about that so what is that what oh okay i was just gonna say also just from the other person's perspective Mm -hmm. i don't feel like you've um neglected our relationship over the course of the past 13 years and i feel like if anything i think it's a testament to the fact that like we've had such a strong relationship to make it all the way this way without even having to think about it. Like exactly. it's been something that has just come naturally exactly. to us and, and that's we've worked exactly. on it. Exactly. It's like, it's not like I, yeah, that's a very good point. It, it was sort of, to me, it was like in maintenance yeah. phase where it was like, Oh, everything coming naturally. But to me, 2023 is about doing the things that don't come naturally. Yeah. So that's a good distinction. It's like all the things I do naturally are like speak to you kindly and like think about you and like love on you. Nothing and with earlobes though. Definitely no earlobe play. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not asking for play i'm asking for massages i have like some serious i have serious some stuff. cramps in my earlobes you I need to work it out? i'm like wow you got this little tight area you're like that's the cartilage of my ear <laughs> yeah but uh, let me just work it no just, that's yeah. not how that works yeah. um but yeah so to to make the distinction now to me prioritizing our relationship is about doing the things that don't come naturally it's like yeah. going above and beyond and what what could that do um so that's exciting and you know maybe i'll give updates about that throughout the year but yeah um, so that's number one. Number two is all the business stuff we said. So it's yeah. just like about focusing on it being like a growth year for business. And also I have all this unspent creative energy that I like built up over the past year because I could, I didn't create basically anything new, anything, anything. Yeah. The only new thing I created was our, um, teacher theme pack that I did at the end of the year. And that was when we were in Portugal. Right. So I'm excited to pour more creative energy, learn new creative skills, all of that. So that's my second intention. It's a lot of AI bots out there. A lot of AI bots. I got to like fight. (laughs) And then my third, um, life area intention is just my like health and personal care and getting myself back to, not that I was unhealthy last year, but obviously like you're traveling. It's it's very difficult. It's hard on your body. It was, you know, we worked out probably a third of the time. So, in 2021, I did a little challenge of 10 minutes of exercise a day for the whole year. And I'm going to continue that this year. So 10 cool. minutes of exercise a day, whether that's resting, like in terms of doing like light stretching for 10 minutes or like a really hard workout for 45 minutes. Yeah. Um, but I'm really excited about that. So those are kind of like, you know, and of course there's so many more areas of my life that I'm going to have to juggle, but I find that establishing the three most important ones that I want to 
invest in is that's the way that I like to do it. Nice. Uh, I'm going to give my goals uh, with my word because it makes the most sense because Great. it's how so it's then we'll up. ease right into that. My word for 2023 is invest. Mm. And that is not about buying low and selling high. That's not about crypto. It's not about crypto at all. Are we even talking about crypto anymore? Um, <laughs> it is about uh, a couple different categories. The first thing for me is my health. So I'm um, not a spring chicken anymore. For those of you who don't know, I turned 40 You're last year. You're a wise year. man. I like to think of it as 40 years young. I don't think of it as 40 oh, years absolutely. old. Absolutely. But I also know that it's never going to get easier than it is right now to exercise, yep. to invest in my health, to, you know, I still want to eat my cinnamon rolls. I still want to eat my gluten-free cookies. I'm going to do those things. So I need to make sure that exercise is always a priority. I think one big advantage is where we live, the walk down to the beach is a 30-minute walk back and forth. There's a giant hill that we have giant. to climb. And like, like 160 beats per minute heart yeah, rate. It's on a your workout. Way up. Yeah. It is a workout. So it's like if we do that walk two to three times a week, plus working out every single day and spending, you know, 20 to 40 minutes in our little gym, that's gonna feel really good to me. And I have not done that consistent of exercise since like 2012. No yeah. joke. So I'm very excited to invest in that. In 2012, I would I turned 30. So that's like why it like matters to me this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, it doesn't really matter because I'll turn 41 this year. Anyway, the math doesn't need to work out. Who cares? I'm investing in my health. <laughs> uh, the second thing is I want to invest in like the Portuguese culture and kind of the European lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So I want to learn Portuguese. That I, was I'm, on my list too. I'm under no illusions I'm going to be fluent this year. I'm also not going to force myself to like every day I have to work 30 to 60 minutes on learning Portuguese. Mm-hmm. Like I want to feel it out some days when I'm like, oh, I want to spend like two hours like messing around and like learning stuff or we're going to, you know, hire a, a tutor to help us for mm-hmm. a certain amount of time. I want to get excited about that, but I don't want to feel like it's like this pressure thing. Yeah. I think that's also knowing yourself. Like yeah. you, when you feel pressure, you rebel against totally. it. So you have to know that about yourself so that you can like almost game your brain into like doing it in a way that works for you. And I also, I do not like homework. So you I'm not, not. No, I'm no, no, not no. like, I'm not we about found that this, life. This really cool mobile game. Yeah. Yeah. And I found it for myself because I wanted, I, I really like the learning apps. Like I use an app called memorize for my Portuguese, which I really like, but it's more or like learning based. Yes. Yeah. And so on days when I didn't want to feel so learny, I was looking up games because I love games. Yeah. And um, I found this game called Lingo Legend. Yeah. And it's literally like a combination between like Pokemon or like, but like a car, the card element yeah. of like a Pokemon game or Magic the Gathering is yes. probably a better example. Yeah. Meets lear- language learning, meets like a quest yeah. type of framework. Yeah. And so it's really cute. My favorite thing is when <laughs> I'm like at a different part of the house and I hear Jason practicing and I'm like, oh, he's playing Lingo Legend. Yeah. And it's my favorite thing. Yeah. As mulheres, as mulheres, as mulheres, as, you know, it's just like <laughs> yeah, exactly. trying to get it right by listening Mulier. to the thing. Yeah. yeah. Some of the words are really going to get me in Portugal. Yeah. Uh, so so that's my second one. And then my third one is also our, our relationship. So, hmm. um, you know, that is, you know, children are on the horizon. And I know that that's going to bring a whole set of challenges that we, no one can be prepared for, no matter how much you read, watch, listen, talk to other people. And so I want our relationship to be at the best that it's ever been, the strongest it's yes. ever been. I didn't mention that, but that's also a big part of. Yeah. And so, you know, for me, I just think like we're in a new place, a country that's foreign to us, the language is foreign to us. Things are difficult. They're not as difficult, I think, as you think they are. Like the longer we're here, the more that we realize, like, first of all, so many people speak English that makes it so much easier. Like even buying a burner phone, person spoke English. (laughs) We're like, for drugs? She was like, for drugs. (laughs) Uh, and so, yeah, those are, those are my three things. Invest is my word. Um, and that's what I'm focusing on this year. 
Love that band. Yeah. Invest. Um, and then to wrap mine up, my word for 2023 is capable. Yeah. Which like usually I choose these words that are like so like loosey goosey and more metaphorical. And for me this year, capable feels like very specific. Yeah. But the reasoning is that um, I definitely feel like I'm in this transition phase between, okay, we did our single years of like enjoying our relationship. And I know that the next big chapter is having kids and I feel like since my big 2019 kind of lowest I'd ever been in my life anxiety year, yeah. um, it's been a slow process to build myself back up after that. And one of the beautiful things about being at the lowest is that you learn so much about yourself. And, you know, especially for me, like these emotional limiting stories and these like trauma responses and all these things. And one of my biggest stories that was holding me back that I discovered throughout that process was this, this, and I think it's the source of a lot of my anxiety is this deep, um, like fear that I'm not capable. Yeah. And so literally in all of my therapy sessions, it would always come back to like, what is the belief that you is like at the root of this story that makes you feel so anxious? And it was always like, I'm not capable. And so slowly but surely like 2021 with my like exercising and proving to myself that I could like do hard things and I could like keep promises to myself and I could invest in myself and I could work through challenges and then really really this past year of 2022 showing myself again and again and again with the 20 flights that we did even through the fact that I would have flight anxiety with uh, 50 different beds, 50 different beds, even though I'm like, Oh, this is going to be hard on my body or getting out of my comfort zone and speaking a language that I don't speak all these things and arriving at the driving, driving in countries where like literally I thought we might die (laughs) and arriving at the end of the year and going, wow, my baseline anxiety has never been lower. I did all of that. And I ne- I have never felt more capable in my life. And so what I want this year to be about is like really sort of putting that to the test. And in every aspect, I just want to always come back to this idea of bringing my attention to evidence that I am capable. Yeah. Because I think that I'm going to be the best parent possible bringing children into this world knowing that I'm capable. And I think that that is my way of... of um, kind of being in the best mindset in order to do that um, in a way that is mentally healthy for me. And I benefit from this one too, so it's great. You benefit works for quite me. a bit. You're like frou-frou ones the past couple of years, Yeah, you're zero like, benefit. You're like, oh, light. Light oh, is your word? Cool. cool. We're going to have warmer lights in our home? Cool. <laughs> <laughs> so capable. And yeah. it's been fun. Even the first two weeks of the year, we just, and I and Jason's very well aware of it. So I'll, I'll even like say it out loud. Like well, something will happen and I'll feel really capable. Yeah. And I'll be like, capable and he's like so capable and then I have a little tracker that I just call capability points and anytime that I do something that makes me feel capable I write it down there so that I at the end of the year I'll be able to look back and go I have all this evidence that shows me that my intention this year was you know sort of like proven out in my actions um so whatever your year is or whatever like maybe you have an invest 
points yeah. uh, database or list. At the end of the year, do you get to trade your capability points in for like a slinky or a like slinky, a teddy bear? Uh, a finger trap. A finger trap. Or yeah. um, a over the door basketball hoop. If you're really, if you have wow. a lot of capability points. <laughs> oh, I don't see that happening for you. I don't. I love you, but oh, I don't. Are you kidding Wait, me? Wait, our relationship. Yeah, bear. you're going to be so great, babe. You're the best. You're the best. All right, that's it for our first episode back here in 2023. We know we it went was an quite epic long. Episode, am I right? Okay, get in with one of those, huh? Uh, thank you so much for listening. Also, uh, for those of you who listen all the way to the end, I'm going to leave a link in the show notes to our 2022 review, which has some guiding questions for you if you like writing a review or if maybe you've never done it before to like look back on the last year so that you can look forward on the next year. And you can do your own version of this for yourself, whether it's public or private, to help you plan out 2023 and get excited about things. And as a final reminder, if you like this type of content and you want to go on our eight-week journey of yeah. kind of breaking each one of these things down even way further and then giving you action steps to do it in your own business, you can sign up for our Invest series that we're doing to kick off the year at our Monday newsletter by going to wanderingaimfully.com slash newsletter. Right. Yeah. Because it's not <laughs> a question. That is not a question. It is, in fact, a URL. Okay. Goodbye. Okay. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.